Hi friends, welcome to another episode of the Musician's Guide podcast. My name is Karen and I am your host. Welcome if you are new here um, and if you're an OG, thank you so much for the love and support. Um, As y'all know, the month of March is our wealthy themed month and we're going to be talking about money, all sorts of things. Um, As we kind of think about and get some feedback from y'all, we've been kind of like pivoting and shifting from you know, what we're going to talk about and what we want to do. So today's episode is actually a solo episode with me. And um, this is the time of year that I've noticed with my clients and with my own projects where we all start thinking about running events, running workshops. I have a few clients um, running their own workshops, seminars, types of things as well. Um, but when I'm recording this, I'm getting ready to leave for Southern Miss Ramon Day, which is another event that I um, get to partner with, with one of my clients, Dr. McElwain. And, um, this is something that we've been doing now. This is my second year. He's done it for a lot longer. Um, and I just wanted to share, you know, how to do these things and how to make them successful. And I know I've shared some information in the past. And, um, if you're on the Patreon, I kind of broke down the Colin Williams seminar that I did earlier this year, um, and all of that, but I just wanted to give us here on, on the podcast, three, tips for how to effectively run a successful event. And this could be an instrument day. This could be a workshop, a one day workshop. This could be a couple day workshop in person on zoom. Um, this could be you partnering with a bunch of different professionals and, and creating like a one day thing, a couple hours thing, a 90 minute session. This works for literally anything that you are going to put on sell and market and try and find the right person for the thing that you're offering. So here are three things to run a successful event. Um, Number one, budget. And this is where financial literacy is so important. Um, I think as musicians, creatives, and humans, we all have feelings around money. We all have preconceived notions. We all have just different feelings and experiences. And it's just like an achy thing. Um, but I want to encourage you, if you have a budget, if you can see a number, if there's a spreadsheet, numbers don't lie. Numbers are not emotional. Numbers are so objective. And for our purposes here, numbers are your friend. So I feel like knowing what it's going to cost to put on this event, what is the cost of doing business? Um, something that a lot of creatives miss is if this is a one day zoom workshop that you're hosting on your zoom and you're recruiting a handful of people for, um, you might feel like there's no overhead and it's like, sure, in theory there isn't, but we need to account for the time it's going to take you to build the content, market, recruit the people to then put on the event. So it's not just as simple as I'm going to charge 20 bucks for this hour long thing and I'm going to have 10 people register and I'm going to make X amount of money and that's it. Like there's a lot more that goes into it. So just really figuring out what is the budget, how much time you're going to spend, if you're going to bring in other people, what is the cost of that? Um, If this is something in person um, and you have other artists, what are their fees? What is lodging, accommodations, that sort of thing. Um, Figuring out if you have any support from sponsors, manufacturers, private donors, if there's anybody else that's going to contribute to this event. So just getting all of that down on paper. And if the answer is no, if it's zero, if it's everything you have to fundraise is on 
wrong you, then you know that from the start and you can figure that out. And then you can strategically set some cutoff dates and times for things that um, aren't kind of panning out or you could ask for support or get some help or it just kind of allows you to, to pivot and shift by having the information. In my experience, a lot of folks just don't figure out the budget because it's scary um, or because they don't want to be disappointed or have their feelings hurt or whatever. So then you're just kind of spinning your wheels. So number one thing to run a successful event is know your budget. It's also going to allow you to figure out if you need to apply for a grant. If you happen to be doing something through an institution, when's the deadline? When do you need to know? How much money could you possibly fundraise? How much could you possibly get from this grant? Can we kind of start calculating that? Um, And that just gives you a frame of reference and, and a place to start. The next element you, th- you need to run a successful event is time. I feel like when we, and I'm the queen of this, just, I have an idea, throw spaghetti at the wall, see what sticks and run, go. Don't do it. I've done it so many times for so many of my events. And it's not that the integrity of the content isn't awesome. It's that my experience running an event that I've put on last minute is just not fun. You feel rushed. You don't feel as confident. You don't have enough time to market it. Stuff isn't quite how you want it to be. So time, make sure that when you are putting on an event and and getting ready to share a date that you give yourself enough time to be able to market it, to be able to create a marketing strategy, to give people notice. Like I think, especially with social media, this is something that I talk about a lot when I give lectures on this, is that it's not that people aren't seeing your content or they don't like your content or the algorithm or the hashtags. It's that not everybody's going to see everything at the same time. So we need to make enough time in between when we launch an event to when it happens so that we can reach out to people personally via email, on DM, on Instagram, send them a text message, give them a phone call, um, where you have enough time to create newsletters, where we could do some email marketing and get into people's inboxes. I feel like we don't have to worry so much about only marketing on social media or only sending one email out and expecting like everybody to sign up because it's really good. Like there's just so many different touch points. And even when you do all of these things, sometimes you might not recruit the people that you need. And it has nothing to do with your marketing prowess or with your skill set. It just maybe wasn't a good time to put this on. Um, Like for example, with um, Southern Miss, like last year we put it on in February. This year we're putting it on in March and our marketing efforts are very similar. um, But just our numbers and, and the way we've recruited people has just felt really different. And we've actually had a lot more email correspondence than we have had social media. So there's just lots of stuff to to kind of um, consider and think about. So giving yourself enough time to be able to market it, to be able to share it with people and to be able to share it over and over and over um, is going to ensure that you have butts and seeds, that people show up and more importantly, that it actually happens. Um, And I also think that we need to acknowledge that there's a huge emotional component to sharing about your event and to um, marketing it. So you also want to give yourself some time to get uncomfortable and to kind of pretend like, no, this is not going to happen. Like, um, I've personally been in situations where, you know, I've started marketing something, but kind of softly. And then like, I'm two weeks away and nobody's registered and I really just got to get aggressive. And then all of a sudden, quote unquote, aggressive for me is like, 
I'm posting about it a little bit more. I'm showing up on my Instagram story. I maybe record a video or two, and then maybe I send a newsletter or two, and then all of a sudden people are registering, and I'm like, oh my gosh, there it is. Just giving yourself that time, um, and you're not alone if it, if it feels gross, or if you're seeing other people market their events in a way that doesn't feel good to you. That might work for them. Figure out what works for you, but just give yourself time. So three things we need to run a successful event. Budget, figuring out what we need. Time, giving ourselves enough time to market, share, recruit people, do the thing. And then the final one is clarity. We need to have clarity on what we're selling, who it's for. Not everything you do is for everybody. It doesn't matter how amazing it is. It doesn't matter who your guest artists are. It doesn't matter how life-changing, how disruptive, how any of these things. Um, We need to have clarity of what we're selling and who we're selling it to. And the clarity is also in the folks you're collaborating with. Do they have itineraries? Is the communication clear? Do you have help? Do you have support? Um, So for example, for uh, Southern Miss Trombone Day that's coming up this weekend, by the time this airs, it will have just happened. I'm bringing Jen. I need some extra support. I need some extra pair of hands for um, what we have going on and the way we've scheduled the day. So I am you know, looking at my budget and figuring out, okay, to pay her, to bring her, what is the cost of food, hotel, gas, all of those things. And that goes into my budget of putting on this event because I need that support. Um, for you, it might look like you might need to outsource some graphics or something, or you might need to, some help writing a newsletter. You might need to, you know, reach out to a few friends and ask them to share on your behalf um, and try and recruit some people. Having the clarity of what you need, who you need, and what you're selling is going to allow step two and step one to fall into place because you'll have an idea in your budget. You'll have enough time to figure this out. So nothing's like an emergency because there's no such thing as a musical emergency. And then you'll have the clarity to know what you're doing. Um, And even then with itineraries and with a lot of logistics and a lot of this stuff, you also need time and experience. So don't feel like you have to have everything perfect for you to put an idea out into the world. Like I've talked to so many of my incredible clients that just have these life-changing, thought-provoking, just amazing workshop ideas. And the best time to do them is now. So don't wait for the perfect time. Don't wait for the stars to align and for like everything to just feel like you're the expert and you're the only one. It's like we we live in a world where technology allows us to be more than ever connected. So let's use that to our advantage and just jot it down. What do you want to do? Who it's for? So you're going to then figure out your budget, figure out your timeline and have clarity on who you're serving and then just try it out. See how it goes. And it's only going to get better. This is absolutely a learned skill. The only way you're going to learn how to host your own workshop is to host your own workshop. We can theorize, we can talk about strategy, we can do whatever, but there's nothing like letting strangers into your Zoom room and pulling up your PowerPoint or starting off with a guided meditation or you know an icebreaker or whatever, and then that being the way that you learn how to do something. So this episode is just meant to encourage you. It's meant to share some of the things that I'm personally implementing. Um, I've been doing this for the better part of a decade, and there's still things that are missing. There's still things that we're dropping the ball on, but it's really fun. I personally enjoy doing it, and I would have never known had I not just randomly been doing these trombone days or these instrument days. Um, It all started at Boston Conservatory. Um, One of my um, colleagues and and professors, I guess at the time, Angel Suero was putting on, he's a bass trombonist, he's amazing. He's a freelancer, plays with Boston Pops at the symphony. He's awesome. Check him out. Teaches at Boston Conservatory and Berkeley. 
And um, he was just like, hey, I'm putting on this event. Do you want to come help me? I was like, sure. I don't know what any of that means, but let's do it. And then just kind of seeing how it all came together and being a part of the master classes and seeing everything just like really sparked an interest in like, ooh, how do these things happen? And what does that look like? And then, you know, that led to many more things that if you've listened to the podcast, you kind of know my story. Um, and here we are doing more event stuff um, at different levels and um, with different degrees of involvement and budgets and finances and that sort of thing. But um, you just have to start. And you do know more than the average person on whatever subject you're passionate about. And of course, you have experience and you're going to continue acquiring that. So just don't shy away. I want to encourage you guys that if there's something you want to do, that you do it. Um, And also that you go check out other people's workshops and seminars, especially if you're interested in doing your own. See how other people do it. See what works for you. What doesn't? What feels authentic? What doesn't feel authentic? Um, And yeah, we just have so much to share and offer. And everybody here is just such an incredible community um, that I'm just excited to see like what other workshops and things kind of pop up. Um, So if you have any questions or thoughts, feel free um, to reach out to us. Um, Since Jen is coming with me on this road trip, um, we're going to be recording a bunch of stuff on the road, some behind the scenes. She'll finally be able to capture all the things that I'm not able to capture when I'm running events. So we'll probably share some on the main feed. We'll definitely share some on the Patreon. Um, And we're just so excited and grateful for your support. Um, In the next coming episodes, we're going to get even more clinical with budget and finances, LLCs, spreadsheets, the whole nine. Um, I've just been dragging my feet um, and trying to figure out like what's going to be the best thing. So I'm just going to take my own advice and just do what I want to do. And then we'll see what you guys think. So hope you all are having an amazing day. Thanks for the support again. And I will be back with Jen next time.